Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WGR Sports Radio 550. Out of Tavares. Then he wants the puck. Tavares shoots. Save. Made. Rebound. Score! Apostle has tied it on the power play. It's 2-2. Two two. It was one conversation on the phone, 15 minutes or so. You know, I always say you have to gauge their interest before you can go after them, and, you know, it takes two to tango. And uh, we had a conversation, then we got a call back from his agent saying that he really liked the call and had interest in us. And, you know, in the call we talked about the organization, and I started telling him about what a great underrated city that Buffalo was, and I didn't have to sell him on Buffalo. He was sold on the Buffalo as a city. I had to sell him on the organization and the direction we were going, and, how competitive we thought we were. First and foremost, I've been saying it kind of all day is a chance to win a Stanley Cup. And I think that, you know, we have a lot of pieces in play that can help us achieve that goal. And that was the first factor that, you know, I looked at their forwards and especially uh, in the top two centers with O'Reilly and Eichel. And you know, those guys are only going to continue to get better, especially Jack. And, you know, he's got superstar status and we definitely need that to win a Stanley Cup. What I have felt since I got here that we could be a destination for good players, I think this shows that we are and he's a hell of a player and he's a goal scorer he's got a power forwards body and he's a goal scorer he's put up very good numbers his goals and points per 60 to the analytics crowd have been very good it's exciting to get a player of his caliber that had a choice of uh, i won't say 30 teams uh, but certainly a lot of teams decide to come here on wgr sports radio 550 all right, welcome in WGR Sports Radio 550 Saturday morning crew with you Ryan Gates, Snake Erie, and Brayton Wilson on the board uh, for us this morning. So welcome in. We uh, an interesting day yesterday. Uh, the Sabers get their big fish signing. They signed Kyle Poso, uh, who played his first nine seasons with the New York Islanders. Uh, so what we want to talk about today is your thoughts. Where has the you know, barometer for the Sabres destination talks gone for you. Are the Sabres now a destination? Is this now prove that uh, the Sabres in Buffalo is a place that good players want to play? 803-0550 is the number to call. You know the number, so give us a call if you want to tweet at us. Do that as well. We want to get your opinions this morning. We do have quite a lot to talk about, not only Kyle Poso, uh, but some other free agent signings around the league. Uh, we also want to talk about what your next move is for this Sabres team. Is it a goalie? Uh, is it another defenseman? Is it another left-hand defenseman? Or is it just a defenseman? Uh, or is it another winger? Or has your attention completely turned, as it is I, you know, my whole thought process on this, has it turned right to Jimmy Vesey? Uh, so we're taking your calls this morning. Again, the number to call, 803-0550. If you're out of the area, 888 is the number to call. So, guys, uh, what are your thoughts here on the Kyle Okposo signing? Obviously, you just got to love it. The signing, you get a guy in here who has been a consistent producer in the league, and you listened to him talk yesterday about how he's gotten there and how he saw himself as kind of an average player 
and he decided to put the work in, and now he's become a better player. He's been in the top 20 in points per game per 60 minutes or points per 60 minutes in the league since 2013. So you got to love seeing that. And the way that he talked about it, the way that he talked about, you know, he changed the way that he worked out and he changed his habits. And you want a guy like that coming in here and being a leader to these young players to see a guy who has already gone through that process of changing the way, changing their habits. And you want a guy who, you know, will be a good mentor to these kids, and I think that's exactly what Kyle Oposo is, and he can put the puck in the back of the net, so that's pretty cool, too. My biggest worry with Kyle Oposo was money. I, I didn't want – I mean, term really didn't matter to me. It was more of how much money he was going to make because I know that he's had some issues with consistency in his past, but, you know, as he said yesterday, he's been working out. He's been trying to do more things to improve his overall game. And when the deal came out that it was a $6 million deal, I was incredibly, credibly pleased with the the money, the term. Uh, it, it was everything that I could have asked for in a, in a signing of a guy like Kyle Ogposo. He's going to bring some very good experience to the team, some, some leadership. And I think that with Ogposo, Buffalo has filled out their top six much better, and I think that it makes them just that much better. Yeah, I, right before, I think it was Thursday night, I uh, Thursday evening, I left the studio and I tweeted right before I left. I said, one thing I don't want to do is overpay Kyle Ocposo, and the Sabres didn't do that. They paid a going rate for a top six forward, uh, but they didn't overpay. You saw a lot of guys get overpaid, and that's what happens on July 1st. Now, I'm not going to lie to you, I this time last week, I kind of thought we'd all be talking about where Steven Stamkos ended up. Um, that got wrapped up pretty early on Wednesday afternoon. What a day. Um, what a day that Wednesday was, uh, and you know, I'm sure we could have a five-hour show about just that day alone and, uh, and everything it means on the, on the scope of the NHL moving forward in this upcoming season. Um, the changes that happened last Wednesday um, further indicate a, a shift in you know, talent and the, the good teams of the league. Um, it'll be interesting to see you know, what happens with P.K. Subban and, and, and the Preds and everything else like that. But I definitely was a little disappointed that uh, we weren't going to get to talk about Steven Stamkos, whether or not he was a Sabre or not. Uh, but this is definitely a good consolation prize for me. I feel good that the Sabres were able to get the best available free agent, and they really didn't have to do too much pitching for this guy. It really kind of seemed like from the beginning that this is where uh, Akposo wanted to be. Um, and when you look at it, why not? And, and I mean, I'd, I'd been thinking the same thing about Steven Stamkos. Why not Steven Stamkos to the Sabres? You know, why not these great top-end, top-20, top-25 NHL scorers? Why wouldn't they want to play with a guy like Jack Eichel or, or Ryan O'Reilly? I think it's more than that, and... The perception of Buffalo, I think, is starting to change where the draft last weekend was a great event and you really had a lot of outsiders coming into Buffalo who maybe haven't been here in a while and were here instead of in the middle of winter in a summer atmosphere where there was a concert outside and there was stuff going on everywhere. The Fan Fest was a huge success. It was 90 degrees and sunny for the whole weekend. So they got to see a different side of Buffalo than they're used to seeing. They're used to seeing the snow and the cold and maybe you know before now there's a bunch of hotels down and around the arena before they're probably trudging through the snow just to get to the arena half of these reporters. So they got to see the transformation of Buffalo more firsthand 
And then you've got players, and Oposo had talked to a bunch of players. He talked to Thomas Vanek, he talked to Drew Stafford, he talked to Matt Molson, and all these players rant and rave about Buffalo, how great of a city it is, how great of a sports town it is. You hear Jake McCabe, too, after he yep. signed his deal, talking about how the sports fans in Buffalo are among the best in the in the United States. And, of course... You know, you could say that's lip service. They say that, oh, we got the best fans everywhere. But the the sentiment around Buffalo is really starting to change about what kind of city Buffalo it is. It's no longer this city that's like, uh, you know, down in the dumps. They're still trying to find their identity. I feel that Buffalo's really now found its identity as, you know, a great beer city, which... It was only a matter of time, right? It was only a matter of time and before how great we, is we it? got known as a great beer city. Ryan, how great is it that we become legal drinkers kind of right at the peak of beerness? You know, like how great is that? But no, I, I totally agree with you about the timing of the draft and, and the great weather that we had here. It was really a showcase and it was really ideal conditions for a showcase. Like you have teams and executives coming in here and now they announced they they announced before the draft was over before the the combine was over they're like oh we're coming back here next year for the combine and now you see now that this is becoming a hockey city and you look at teams like Detroit and that's and you look at just free agency in general look at the NBA and look at the Lakers they're a historic franchise they can't get a decent free agent to even give those guys the light of day. And now you you look at Detroit, the Red Wings, kind of like the Lakers, is they've got this storied history of great hockey and they're the they're hockey town, USA, and you know, they've all these Stanley Cups and all these Hall of Fame players and what did they end up with the, with this? They didn't even get a they didn't even get a call to Steven Stamkos. The reports were that they weren't even a team that he considered after all that talk that they were going to throw big money at him and they were clearing space and they traded Datsuk's contract and they did all this stuff and they weren't even in consideration. Years ago, when Buffalo was all boarded up and everything, what hockey player wanted to come here? No one. That, that's that's the thing. Nobody wanted to come here. And now with this renaissance, with new businesses coming in, and of course these new breweries being open throughout the city, harbor centers there, just the entire canal side area, who doesn't want to come to Buffalo now? And I know that they, I know that you know the Boston radio was talking about Jimmy VC, and they said, "Oh, who would want to go to Buffalo anyways?" But no, if you come here and see how much this city has really changed, your perspective will change when you come here. And my thought is, if you're Jimmy VC, do you want to go to Boston and play on the first line with David Backus? Or do you want to come to Buffalo and play in the second line with a guy that you've been playing summer league hockey with all summer in Jack Eichel and potentially his line mate of the future in Sam Reinhardt? So you look at all of these all of these factors now that are really leading to a bright, bright future for the Sabres. You as a fan, you really kind of start to have to get excited. And it's, I know, it is difficult to get yourself around to trusting this team, trusting this organization as a whole. Well, because it's not you've been, the Bills. No, well, no, but it is the Sabres. And ultimately, if you're a Buffalo sports fan, you kind of lump the Sabres and Bills together. I know that they haven't lost four straight Stanley Cups, but I'll tell you what, that 99, that 99 Cup was heartbreaking for a lot of people. That was kind of my first... 
you know, Sabres memory was the the Brett Hall the first taste, the first the taste first of taste real taste disappointment, of disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> the first passing stone of your Buffalo sports career. Yeah, 2006 hurt way more for me just because yeah. I was older and I and was you had such an attachment to that team. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel that. If you're if you were skeptical about the path that this team was going down with the you know tank anti tank talk that you have more of a difficult time trusting this team but if you were bought into the process immediately you're now seeing the results of the quote unquote suffering right. that was promised to us by old Darcy Regeer and you're starting to see the fruits of that suffering and now it's starting to come together that you've got the players who other players want to play with. And once you get those guys, you got the superstar ceiling two players now. And you look at how the Pittsburgh Penguins won the Stanley Cup this year. They had their three superstar forwards, their stud defensemen, and then they built up around that. They're like, all right, we're going to figure out Wait, the rest of it as we go. Wait, are you saying they didn't have a great go. goalie? They didn't have a great goalie? I mean, that Murray kid is probably going to be pretty good, but uh, he he wasn't like your your prototypical great goalie that you're paying four and a half plus million dollars. So you, you don't need that absolute superstar stud goalie because if you've got a, a solid team built around chance and you, you possess the puck like the Pens did, you're mm-hmm. pushing the pace, you don't need that stud goal. You need him back there to make the saves when he has to. But the way that the the Pens did it, they got Kessel, they got Malkin, Speed. they got Crosby, and then they built the pieces around it. They didn't have the right pieces there at the beginning of the season. They brought some up from scranton Wilkesbury, and then next thing you know, you've got these kids essentially who have been down in the minors for a few years playing huge roles on this team. And once you find those players that are going to be your cornerstone pieces, it's much easier to become a perennial playoff team, a perennial contender. And the Sabres are now getting those pieces in place with Eichel, Reinhardt, O'Reilly, now Oposo for years. Once they lock up Ristolainen, which Tim Murray yesterday said they're in the process of doing, if they can lock up Jimmy Vesey, they're going to be a team that has those pieces that you look for in a team that can make actually a deep playoff run. And, you know, the th- you mentioned great points there about Pittsburgh, and, and I think the blueprint has been set. If you want to be a perennial team, if you want to be in the playoffs every season, I mean, Chicago's got that same blueprint. They've got their star players they pay lots of money to, and then they develop their talent. And then when they're too good to pay, they trade and get more talent back. They get more future talent. But the main guys always stay. The top talent is there, and they've they've been able to lock them up long term. And this year, Benino, guys like that, that Shiri, guys who you didn't really hear of during the regular season, but they're developing, they're getting better. And then when it comes time for the playoffs, they've had a year to really set themselves up for success. And then the playoffs, they just boom. And again, it starts with having your top three or four guys be superstar level players. And how do you acquire those players? Because both of those teams, both of those teams, Pittsburgh, they stunk. They were a terrible franchise. They almost moved, if you don't remember. They were they had no owner. And then and then Mario Lemieux comes in and they are 
terrible, and they have two consecutive number one picks, and look what happens. So the thought that tanking is some sort of bad thing, and, and it's just not supposed to happen in the NHL, it happens everywhere, and that's how you become good. So the thought that you know Detroit is one of those teams, like they had a better chance of landing Stamkos because they, quote, you know, built the right way, and they've never tanked, and they've just always consistently been good. It doesn't matter it how you get there. That. I no, think no. it was more about the history of the franchise and, you know, original six right, team. Yeah, it was more about hometown. the legacy. It, it's just, that's the kind of stuff, though, that to me, I think doesn't matter as much anymore. That the legacy and and that kind of talk of these cities that are original sixes or are great, you know, that have a storied history that just doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you can have a great history, but if your team doesn't look good in the next two or three years and can win a Stanley Cup and that player can't see that, then you don't have what it takes to offer a player like Stamkos or Oposo the ability to say, hey, listen. We may not have the Detroit history, but I'll tell you what, we're looking real good in the next two years to make a serious push at a Stanley Cup. And I know that Jimmy VC is not exactly going to be the highest paid player because he's got to be paid to an, or signed to an entry level contract. But now the focus shifts to Jimmy VC. And really, in my personal opinion, I think it comes down to two teams Buffalo and Toronto. I know that people in Boston, uh, people in Boston, want him to sign because he's a hometown kid. But Boston, happening. Boston is an aging team. Yeah. They just signed David Backus, who's thirty-one years Six old. Six years, yeah, to a, a ridiculous <laughs> contract, and now it's between Buffalo and Toronto. You're gonna have, and I mean, Timmer even said it. He can't wait to get in front of them and talk to them in person, get a get face to face, talk about the city, talk about the organization, have him understand. How much the city is growing, how much the team is changing and becoming better. And I think that's really what is going to tr- be a selling point to Jimmy VC. If Tim Murray can successfully, you know, persuade VC to join the Sabres, things change immediately. And not only that, but with Jimmy VC, it seems more and more like that things are softening up where they're becoming more open to the idea of signing with the Sabres. How, how old is Jimmy VC? Is what? 23 years old? Yeah, 20, 22, 22, 22? Something like that. If you're Tim Murray, you've got one of the best pitches in the league right now. You've got one of the best players, young players in the league. You know, you hear Milan Lucic yesterday go out and say he signed with Edmonton because of the McDavid factor. Well, you've got the Eichel factor, the Reinhardt factory factor, and the O'Reilly factor. And, you know, you could say you got the other pieces there that'll bring players in. But if you're Tim Murray, you've got one of the best pitches, your organization, the way that it's going. And you know what, Tim? You're a guy. You like to go out. You like to have a, a few beers. You know, take Jimmy out with you. You know, he's legal. He's not he's Jack. Legal. You can take him out. You can take him out. You can have a couple with them. Maybe bring Terry along. Terry said he would go help maybe, out. If maybe it was even necessary. bring him on a brewery tour. You know, send him to Resurgence and then you know seven one six and then you know maybe the yeah just bring uh, him bring yeah, him around town. Show him show him the sights. Show, take show him out. Take hey. him out on, on on the canal and out into the lake on the Pagula yacht. I am yeah, out on the lake on the Pagula yacht, go real deep into the waters, and just the implication is <laughs> you'll sub. have to sign the contract. Like, we'll just put the contract the implication. in front of it. It'll be like, it's the implication that you're out here with us. Anything can happen. You're not going anywhere, so the implication is you should, you sign, should sign this contract. And I'll tell you what. Now, the fact that this Sabres organization can now focus on the team aspect and the 
you know, the the talent instead of having to immediately sell a player on the city. And that's, I feel, the reason that Buffalo really hasn't been able to attract that top free agent when Darcy Regeer was here because the first thing that Darcy had to do, he had an uphill battle right away trying to sell that player on the city. He couldn't even talk about the players that he had on his team because he was too busy starting that pitch with, listen, I know you've heard a lot about this, about the city of Buffalo, but just, you know, just come here, check. And they don't have to do that now. And I think Murray said it best is that, you know, he didn't have to sell Okposo on the city. He was then able to talk hockey. And I think when you can talk hockey or and, and, and I keep bringing it back to the NBA but you know last year LaMarcus Aldridge is one of the best free agents available and he left the Lakers saying man we didn't even talk basketball all they wanted to talk about was LA 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 and eventually these top players want to know how they're going to win and where they fit in on your hockey team not about what they can do on Friday night and what they can you know what i'm saying and 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 now you come to this where it's about hockey and it's about winning now it's not about selling a player on hey listen this city's not as bad as you heard it is or it's not because they know now when they come here for things like the draft or the combine and agents see it you know the agents talk agents talk with owners and owners talk with agents and media and there isn't that sort of stigma anymore on the city and I think that's more important than any talent on your team can be because that's no longer an obstacle for this team to try to get over to to sort of make their pitch about why their team is good and why their team suits the talents of these top free agents. I kind of feel bad for Darcy, right? Because, you know, he he was never, you know, very aggressive with his moves that he was making. But could he really have been that aggressive is the other thing. The ownership in his time wasn't an ownership group that wanted to go out and spend the money and he did get a few years of Terry Bagula, and he did get the taste of that, signing Villy Leno to a stupid contract. And you kind of – I know fans are probably going to be like, oh, feel bad for Darcy. Like, come on, do something, Darcy. They're probably still saying it to this day. I'm not sure that will ever die. But, you know, Tim Murray comes in. He's got a stockpile of assets, and he's just – pretty much drooling probably looking at it and he gets to go out and do his thing go make trades go sign players and you look at this contract though with Oposo and I I truly think the Stamco signing really set the table I think the players probably hated Stamkos for going back to Tampa and only signing an $8.5 million contract because if Stamkos hits the market and let's say the Sabres do end up signing him for $11 million a year, Kyle Poso is getting bumped up to seven, Easy. eight, maybe million dollars Easily. because that's what the market is bearing. But Steven Stamkos taking that contract kind of pushed the market down a little right. bit, in my opinion. So you saw these contracts. I thought Oposo was getting $7 million yeah. easily. I thought for sure he was going to get $7 million. And when I saw the terms come out that the Sabres were a $6 million average annual value, I was like, wow, that is a great job, a great contract. And then you see all of the top free agents, literally every single one of them was a $6 million average right. annual value. And I think it's because Stamkos pushed the value down. Yeah, that's a great point. And before we head out to break here, the one the one point I wanted to make about what you were talking about is, 
you know, the average years on and the average money per year on a, on the Ocposo contract. And that's why I was telling people when people are like, no, Stamkos is too expensive. It just it, it doesn't make sense. There's no way they can do this. It just they, there's no way you have to have a little bit of trust. And if Tim Murray thinks it can happen and you can win with an $11 million player on your team, it's because they have a plan in place already. And you look at the numbers on the Ocposo uh, contract, and he's it's extremely front-loaded. He's making seven this year, seven next, and then it goes down to three million, and then two million in his last year. So the people that are saying, "Oh well, he's never going to get to the fifth year, six years of that contract," you you honestly, he'll he'll play out that whole seven-year contract because at two million dollars a year at thirty-four or whatever, he's still going to be a productive hockey player. Now I mean, he won't be what he is now. It's it's the cap hit that people are worried about yeah. more than it is the AV. But the cap hit's not going to change. It's still going to be six million by the end of the contract. So I think that's more of the worry. But the the, the cap's going to keep rising. You know, Vegas is coming in next year. Maybe another expansion team right. a few years down the road. The revenue is going to come back. The Canadian dollar is going to bounce back eventually to probably be a little better. And boom, we'll all be fine. And then that Kyle Poso deal is going to be like, eh, yeah, he's he's going downhill a little bit, but it's not so bad. All right, up next, we are going to have BD Galoff from the fourth period. Uh, he is an Islanders reporter, so we will get his thoughts on uh, the Saber signing of Kyle Ocposo and maybe you know some some stuff to look out for in this upcoming season. Uh, so we'll have that up next here on WGR. First and foremost, I've been saying it kind of all day is a chance to win a Stanley Cup. And I think that, you know, we have a lot of pieces in play that can help us achieve that goal. And that was the first factor that, you know, I looked at their forwards and especially uh, the top two centers with O'Reilly and Eichel. And, you know, those guys are only going to continue to get better, especially Jack. And, you know, he's got superstar status and we definitely need that to win a Stanley Cup. All right, welcome back into another morning segment. With us on Saturday morning, Nate Geary here with you, Ryan Gates and Brayton Wilson running the board as usual. So now we head out to the AT&T hotline. BD Galoff uh, from the fourth period over in the Islanders. He's an Islanders reporter. BD, how are you doing this morning? Good. And how are you guys doing? Doing very well. Thank you for uh, for coming on with us this morning and talking some hockey. Obviously, yesterday was a pretty, uh, pretty interesting day. The first thing I want to talk about, BD, is... It's even an Islanders question because the Islanders basically, from in my knowledge, didn't really offer Kyle Okposo a contract. So they didn't really attempt to bring him back. And they bring in a guy like Andrew Ladd for about a half a million on average less than Okposo got in Buffalo. So do you see this as kind of the trade-off as they were letting go of a 28-year-old Okposo to bring in a 30-plus Andrew Ladd? Do you see that as a smart trade-off for the Islanders? I don't think it was their uh, first move. Uh, you know, last summer I had heard that, the, you know, even though they didn't negotiate, they got a price from uh, Kyla Puzzle and his agent that actually for them was seven plus per year. So, you know, I think the market yielded or he took less to go to Buffalo because it was the closest thing or cost of living, whatever he chose ended up being less, but he seemed to be pressing the Islanders for almost seven plus per year. And I think they made a decision at that point that they couldn't afford that for the term that Kyle was looking for. And they have, uh, you know, uh, Tavares coming up on a, you know, the, in two years to be resigned. 
And to be competitive, I think they felt it was going to be a little bit too stiff for them. And I think that's where uh, things kind of fell off. I also think, you know, the Islanders also missed on the Taylor Hall trade with Edmonton. I think that was their first choice to replace uh, the wing position uh, with Kyle. And uh, unfortunately, um, you know, I heard that the Chiarelli chose Adam Larson over whatever the, the Islanders were, were offering. So I think in this case, they, you know, had to do with Ladd the best scenario when stuck with UFAs instead of a trade. So in that, I think they're trying to hold the line. You know, Ladd brings in different variables, leadership, uh, the ability to hit, uh, a little bit more defensive, you know, a different type. But uh, I think they tried to find somebody who would be complimentary to Tavares, even though he was a little bit older. And you've watched Kyle Posa over the past few years. Uh, what has his game been like? Uh, what can Sabres fans expect out of Kyle Posa as, coming from someone who has been closely watching him? He can be a little bit streaky. He's uh, a good skating forward. Um, he's an excellent complementary player when you have a dynamic uh, center. I think he will work very well with Eichel. Um, I think that he can definitely do 60 points plus with Eichel. I think if he's on any other line, you're going to see more of a mid-50s. I think that his game really rests on having somebody who can raise the game, and I think that Eichel is that player. So I think that uh, you know he's going to be somebody who can dig into the corners. He skates. He uh, does. He's you know part of what the Islanders had in kind of a little bit of speed, um, but he can be streaky and he can lose confidence when he's not scoring. So it's you know. Uh, that said, you know, he can still get well over, t- uh, you know, 20 goals uh, per season. And I, like I said, I think that uh, he's capable of doing 60 points with the right, with the right center. Fourth period correspondent B.D. Galloff joining us here on WGR. B.D., with Jimmy V.C. being with the Sabres right now, what kind of a, what kind of a tool could Ocposo possibly be for, for maybe uh, reeling in a guy like VC to come to Buffalo? Do do you think that Ocposo would be a nice tool for Tim Murray to try and use to, to get VC here? I, I I think so. You know, look, uh, it's clear um, in Buffalo's moves and trying to get better that they are really trying to move forward. They have a lot of nice pieces and they're really trying to bring it up to the next level. I think that's, you know, Iposo signing and, you know, even chasing Stamkos are, is a good message of being a young team stepping forward and trying to get to the next level. So that, that creates a lot of opportunity, and I think that's what the good selling point would be on somebody like D.C., and you saw, BD, over the course of the years, the Islanders kind of went through a similar rebuilding process as the Sabres. They got John Tavares with that number one pick, and, you know, they built around him. In the Sabres rebuild, can you see something similar to what the Islanders were doing? And at what point of the rebuild, the Sabres now, you know, with this move, it feels like they they got to make the playoffs this year. You know, where do you think the Sabres are in their rebuild, and how does it kind of compare to what the Islanders were doing a few years ago? Well, that, that's the interesting aspect. It's all about what um, the Islanders have had a very difficult time in getting free agents, uh, and that's why they're actually very lucky that they were able to get Ladd. Um, with the venue issues that have gone on with Nassau County it's give, and the years of just being terrible and uh, with bad reputation with Mike Milbury back in the past, it gives a bad 
uh, reputation, and of course the cost of living on Long Island is atrocious. So it's been very difficult for them to get the pieces. I think Buffalo is having an easier time, um, and you know, with the new owner and really, you know, really being active, I think that you guys have been a little bit more successful in that, and that will speed up the rebuild process as opposed to the Islanders. Which brings it great that Kyle Oposo was actually experienced in that rebuild process. That you have somebody who not only is going to bring, uh, you know, help the offense, but is somebody who has that experience and been through that. So I think that uh, you know Buffalo could actually move and and come forward a little bit faster. It'll all depend on, um, you know. In the end, it's going to be, uh, depend on the, the goalie and the, and the defense. You know, you can get all the pieces you want, but those two things were with the sticking points for the Islanders. So I'm going to guess that for the Sabres, it'll be the same thing, uh, a little bit trial by fire and see what works and see what doesn't work. BD, uh, Akposo in his conference call yesterday mentioned mentioned his relationship with a guy like with Matt Molson and Thomas Vanek, who have obviously played in Buffalo. Can you describe the relationship that they had with with each other in New York while they were teammates there? Well, the Islanders had a very good team, and, and they still do a very good team culture, and uh, especially with Matt Molson, um, everybody was very close, and they and it showed also on the ice. And there was a nice, uh, you know, rapport and uh, and friendship that was built there, and it also showed up on the ice. Um, so, it, you know, there's an opportunity here maybe to get Matt Molson, you know, a little bit uh, some incentive or to get back to what he was able or capable of doing, especially as your forwards get better. Can he be that complementary role? Um, I think that... Uh, you know that part of that experience and that and that friendship is is good for the locker room, and it's also good for uh, the lines on the ice. BD, you also mentioned a little bit earlier about you know how you feel as though Akposo to really maximize his, you know his talents that he needs that superstar center to play. Um, now, in your opinion, I mean this year you look at the numbers he played a lot with Franz Nielsen. Um, two years ago, he played a lot with John Tavares. Did you see like a significant drop off in his game, or did you see that? I mean, you don't want to call France Nielsen a superstar center, but in his own right, he's a pretty darn good player. Um, and you know, the contract that he got kind of kind of says that all. But I mean, did you see a significant drop off when he went from a guy like Tavares to a guy like France Nielsen? No, you know, I really feel that the Islanders were preparing for life without Kyle. Um, especially after last summer when they got that price and they realized that they, you know, if he wasn't going to move off that price um, for them, that, uh, you know, that they were going to have to start thinking about life without Kyle. They knew that Franz and, and he had good chemistry once before, and they seemed to want that again. They also expected uh, Ryan Strom and Anders Lee to pick up where they were the season before, something that didn't happen. And, and that's where the Islanders ran into a little bit of trouble offensively last year. So um, I think they were trying something out and trying to really get uh, Ryan Strom and Anders Lee to the next level, something that didn't quite happen. So I think that's why they, they did it. Kyle, um, you know, really seemed to work well with Franz. They had very good chemistry. And that's why he, you know, he can show that he can be uh, capable on, on other lines, not just you know, what we call the JT bump. You know, there is uh, a certain type of players that he works well with. 
and Franz was one of that, and they knew that because of uh, previous history. Once again, we're talking with B.D. Galoff, correspondent with the fourth period, also does the Isles Beat podcast. And B.D., uh, in this conference call yesterday, Kyle mentioned a, a few years ago that he really started to, to take hockey more seriously. He changed his workouts, he changed his habits, and uh, started to pick up his game a little more. Did you see uh, the change in Kyle after he went through that process? And can you see that as something that would be beneficial to the Sabres, someone who's gone through that process of knowing how to change their habits and knowing how to work out, and as a leader on this team, leading by example through their actions? Oh, absolutely. Look, you know, a couple years ago, there was a point where Kyle was actually, he seemed to be on the ice and doing all the things and being in the right places, but wasn't able to, like, win the battles and just wasn't scoring and, you know, had some struggle. And all of a sudden, he seemed to put it together and get, you know, start to score and get it back. And I guess, you know, there's no coincidence there that in part of the Islanders' conditioning program I think may have given him a, 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 an ability to refocus and, you know, kind of really, really bring that up to a different level. And I think that it ended up showing on the ice. He was more consistent. You know, he's not always somebody who's going to do, he, though he did 79 games uh, last year, the other three seasons before that were cut a little short with injury. So hopefully, you know, he, that will be something that he's able to, to keep, to playing more of the season, but he, there's definitely been something in his output in the last couple of years that's kind of gone to a different level. BD, one last question here before we let you go. John Tavares, uh, he's, I mean, we've seen this with Steven Stamkos where uh, the attention that he got going into this year, the final year of his deal, and then going into free agency, and then he signs right before. John Tavares is going to be a, an unrestricted free agent in a couple of years. Is is the island preparing for the same type of publicity that Steven Stamkos got this past season? I'm sure they are. I think they've been really, really careful on the cap, and uh, you know, they're trying to be uh, extremely. Uh, you know, they know that their their team must build around uh, Tavares' elite talent, and keeping him is is key. So, you know, this is something that they're very much preparing for, and trying to get to the next level. And, uh, you know, that's why I think they're going to still be in the market. They still have an opening at right wing. I don't know if they're going to fill it through trade or through free agency. But they need to get better, and the coaches know that too because uh, the young players need to get to the next level. And uh, they are all about, you know, uh, Tavares' next contract, very much so. BD, thank you so much for taking time out of your holiday weekend to talk some uh, some hockey with us. We really appreciate it. Oh, my it. pleasure. Anytime. Yeah, well, enjoy the holiday and uh, with your family and friends there, and uh, hope to talk to you soon. You got it, Bob. All right, thanks, BD. All right, so BD Galloff there from the fourth period. It was a good conversation there. I feel like I learned a little bit more about Kyle Poso, and that's what we wanted to do this morning. So next, we will uh, we'll close off this first uh, first hour, and I want to hear from you guys. 803-0550, the number to call. I think with this Kyle Ocposo signing and a potential Jimmy VC signing, this Sabres team uh, is ready to take that next step from a rebuilding team to a playoff team. Now, I can't say perennial playoff team because they need to make it first before they become a perennial team. 
But tell me your opinions. Do you think that this Sabres team with, you know, barring a, a Jimmy VC signing, is ready to take that step from a rebuilding team to a playoff hockey team? So 803-0550, the number to get your opinion. You can tweet at us, Nate Geary, WGR, Ryan, WGR, I think that's it, right? Ryan underscore. Oh, underscore, WGR. underscore. I know, it sounds terrible. And uh, B. Wilson, WGR? BJ Wilson, WGR. BJ Wilson, WGR. Get it right. I'm, I miss. I, I missed one character on each of your guys' thing. My bad. Bust. Huge bust. All right, so we will uh, close things off in the first hour next, and then next hour we'll have Joe Yurden from NHL.com. We'll get his thoughts on the uh, Okposo signing and what's next for the Sabres. kind of the way that it was going and it was you know I, I felt like I had done some good things but I just wasn't really consistent and needed to change some things around in my game and I just switched the way that I was training and, and my nutrition and I started working with uh, you know, a skills coach and that really helped my game and made me a more consistent player and I just felt like I was kind of being pushed into an, being average and I didn't want to do that. I wanted to try and excel and be the best player that I could be and I felt like you know, the last three years I've been on a better track. Kyle Ocposo there from his conference call with the media yesterday and stuff you really love to hear from a guy who's coming into a team with a bunch, a bunch of young players uh, who could use some guidance. And obviously right now, some of the veteran players on the Sabres struggling to become that guiding light. Speaking of which, yes, uh, you posted it on the WGR Twitter account. Paul Cambria has been hired as the attorney for uh, Evander Kane in this, uh, I don't know, case? Is that what we're going to... Investigation. I, he hasn't been... He hasn't been charged, charged with, anything, with anything yet. But so. neither was Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane was never charged with anything, and he still hired Paul Cambria to be, I don't know, like spokesperson, essentially, for his camp. So it's probably going to be a, a similar situation and it, I, I'm with, assuming, with the Sabres Kane. I'm assuming it's going to be a lengthy... Uh, next few months uh we probably won't hear anything good or bad um you know for the next few months so i would sit tight on uh, any evander kane news we obviously will keep you updated with anything that happens with that um but uh, tim murray did make some comments yesterday to kind of uh, reinforce his actual thoughts on the situation some people had criticized um and chope was talking about it a little bit yesterday same with paul hamilton about you know what he had said at the draft that may have been taken as you know not as sensitive as you'd want to hear yeah, from an official but yeah it's just the way that he said it was like oh i mean we've had these accusations before and you know right and i don't think he was indicating that as part of like hey women have done this to vander kane before i think it was more or less him saying we've had these kind of accusations on Evander Kane before. This is obviously something that we don't like to hear, but I, I can understand it. He didn't sound as sensitive as I think that... Which isn't that kind of why we loved him, Murray, in the first yeah, place, true. is because he kind of does lay it out on the line, like the first thoughts that come to his head, very blunt, get straight to the point, and that's what he did there. But he should have... What he said yesterday about it, I felt, was much more appropriate. He He's came out and said we take these kinds of accusations very seriously which you should obviously because of the violence against women and he said whatever comes out of the situation that they will sit down with Evander Kane again for however the many times time. in his career his third time in his Sabres career how many times in his whole hockey career and hopefully you know this really is 
you know, there's a lot of people calling for the trade of Evander Kane. There's I'm people not calling gonna, for the buyout of Evander Kane. I'm not going to sit here and support that because I honestly don't. I, I understand that he is not a good influence right now, but if he could use this, you know, he's had second tries, third tries, fourth tries, fifth tries, however many tries you want to give him, but he's still... Uh, a piece to this hockey team that I think could be effective in the future. And you're not going to get any value for him right now. And you gave up a lot to, so to it, bring this player in. So it's you've got to give him, you got to give him some time. So I would be wait and see with Vander Kane. Uh, obviously if more details come out and the charges come out or the Sabres who should be holding their own personal investigation, the NHL as well should be holding their own personal investigation of the events. If they find out things that, you know, the public doesn't know that are damning to Evander Kane, I'm all for, you know, getting him off this team. Uh, you look at what the NHL has done in the past with Slava Voinov, yep. who doesn't play in this league anymore because yep. of his actions. So it's just it's going to be a long situation, like you said. And the longer it goes out, honestly, the better it is for Evander Kane. Yeah, I agree. All right, next hour, we are going to get into the next move for the Buffalo Sabres. Is it Jimmy VC? Is it signing a goaltender, which Tim Murray had some thoughts on that yesterday? Uh, so we'll play a little bit of sound from Tim Murray when we get back. Uh, so we are taking your calls at 803-0550. I want to hear from you guys. What are, is the Sabres' next move? What do they do to continue improving their roster? Is it another free agent, or are they done with free agents? And now they kind of focus on Jimmy VC and, uh, and maybe the trade market as well. So we'll do all that next right here on WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.